calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. And all the halls of expiation just happened. Scry's Doc. We're running blind. Director. Order, sir. And uh, shit. I just lost signal. Uh, the fallow crown are dead in the water. Director. Director. Phileas, answer me or I will be forced to relieve you of duty. She's breathing. Sir? Fuck this. He shot as this diva damn console. Switch. Yeah. I, I mean, sir. Kick on the battery backups and bring Lambda on uh, he's not gonna like that. He's there for emergencies. This qualifies. If he doesn't like it, I can always turn him into a tasteful suit of armor. Battery backup spooling. Wisniewski. Yes, sir, Captain, sir. Quit farting around and see if you can punch an emergency gate. Look, I'm sure you want to get your mutiny started off with a bang, but uh, I didn't figure you wanted to get the whole crew caught in the blast. Wiz, level with me. Would it be that bad? Oh, let's see here. Uh, a short burst von Shrike tunnel on battery backups with no coordinates, no heading, and no symbolic easing. Oh, golly, let me think. Oh, jeez. Wisniewski! No, I can't punch an emergency tunnel without at least material and ethereal vector. And that's under normal conditions. We just dumped them into a hot bowl of astral soup. It's a miracle I was able to get a stable gate in the first place. Switch, where are we? Backups are primed, the steady residuum flow, and we're venting clean. Contrary to Wisniewski's assertions, we're not going to blow up. Yet. And... Lambda Online. Funny, I could have sworn I set a very specific alarm clock, and the fact that you're all still here... Dot, dot, dot. Look, Lamb, I need you running decryption, and there's no time to argue... What's the ratio? <sighs> Thank you. Switch. Six high divvy to three medievo, and one on the trans float. Six divination. What are you trying to do? Punch a hole into dreamland? Well, I mean... Yeah. Oh, well, as long as we have our priorities straight. What's with the director? He's taking a sick day. Uh, Traeger. What you got, Gamble? <laughs> we got a signal. Awaken to find yourself in a dimly lit, windowless room. Smooth stone walls meet heavily lacquered hardwood floors. The space is unadorned, cold, sterile. Your mind swirls with images of home. Panic sets in as the knowledge of where you are, or rather where you are not, comes crashing down upon you. As you move to stand, you do not feel the strain in your muscles, the catch of friction on your feet or hands. Your vision fills with the subtle auras of the ether. Three figures whom you do not recognize lay before you. Powerful energies swirl about their forms, a kaleidoscope of psychic impressions. The most notable of which are streaks of black which creep and gnaw at the edge of their egos. One by one, these impressions resolve into shapes, colors, tastes, and smells which nestle into your subconscious to awaken memory. The fallow crown rises from their sleep. Before them stands a man they do not recognize, cast not in flesh, but spirit. Iavos, what do they see? You see 
a spectral shadow of a memory. More tall and broad of shoulder than your ally of the past. The shape of robes, somewhat familiar, but now tight, form-fitting, not loose and billowing. A clean-shaven head, darker at the top than at the base. And a thin, dark beard covering a square jawline. A healthy farmer's frame, not overly muscular, not lithe, but healthy, firm, looking down at you with a sense of impossible confusion, putting together far too many puzzles at once, speechless and humming with dream energy. And then it hits you like a punch in the gut. She was here. She was you. But gone now, without the source to fuel her, to power her, that version is gone. Fallow Crown, the only light in the room, comes from what gear you carry and the subtle red flashes at your wrists. Wasting no time at all, Wuxia is going to spring up from his position on the ground and charge Iavos. Just rush right (laughs) at him. Holy shit, okay. Are you intending to do some kind of damage here? No. Okay. But I am intending to grab him by whatever clothes I can and slam him against the wall as hard as possible. As the force with which you run collides with his ethereal frame, you find yourself moving clean through him. The process is deeply, deeply unsettling. And rather than simply being cold, you are given a subtle psychic impression of what lies beneath. Sorrow. Horror. Anxiety trying to think quickly and going into his hunter-like instincts, he is going to pull out Ebb and start to summon his ghostly chains that are, like, wrapped around it with the idea to entangle Iavos in his insubstantial web. Ooh! Nice. Okay, Uh, would you like to roll me an attack check to see how well you can uh, wrap this ghostly figure up? Sure. That's only a 15. Okay. The ghostly form of Iavo simply holds up his hand as the chains begin to close in, and narrowing his fingers casts calm emotions on Wuxia. Be at peace. Oh. Nasty. Oh, I love that. Yikes. Okay. Do I get a save against that? Mm-hmm. Is it wisdom? Oh, boy. Here I go. <laughs> Only a 10. That Ooh. fails. The furious storm behind Wuxia's eyes dies down a little bit as the chains clank against the ground and disappear. It is a feeling not unlike when you are betrayed by a friend, but see it coming. Not fury anymore, but you know you're angry. Impossible to parse against the dull cloud of emotionless void settling in on you. Wuxia will slump his back against the wall and hang his head. Bring her back. Anger will not penetrate uncertainty. We must speak. We must use our minds and learn where we are. You bilge rat bastard don't get to tell me how I feel. I'll hear you, though. You got two bells to start talking. And as he pulls from his memory banks, Iavos grabs his head and winces. No. No, I... I killed you. All of you. You died in my hand. I saw it. I struck you down with magic I'd never imagined before. And yet here we are, in physical form. And you, a spirit. I wish I was going to look over at Gaspar and say, Some of us have always been bad at staying dead. (laughs) Wait, I was dreaming. Did you find me? You'd best hope I don't. You remember the sleep settling in on you, like shadows gathering in the room. You remember your coach, mentor, villain, as he helped you into the state of Astrum. You also remember the overwhelming, inexorable pull of the Axis. How did you find me? How did you get to this place? I must know. After you tricked us, after you showed us naught but lies, we saw you lazing in a bed. And then? Some great dirt bastard raised up, tried to hold us back. 
We tried to save you. Waste of bloody time. But there must have been some kind of ritual, some sort of portal to get you into the Astrum. One way or another, your location in the Astrum was held within the Axis. And Rain asked us if we wanted to make it a quest to bring you back. You entered the Battle Axis to enter the Astrum of my dreams. Or you put the Astrum of your dreams into the Axis. And you brought Pinnacles. That we did. We are the Fallow Crown after all. Of course you didn't know. Yeah, we we did bring Pen. Where is Pen, Iros? She should be here, shouldn't she? I fear she might be gone to us. She is a plural. She cannot enter the Astrum. She would have been reduced to zero passing through that film. She may be back at her home plane or manifesting between worlds until she can be born again, but I remember watching piece by piece as you navigated my dreams, my memories, and the nightmares we shared. But the Pentecost that was with you, that was my dream of her, my vision of what she is and who she had become. When I awoken, when you broke the spell, that dream ended, and now I don't know where she is. But, my friends, I never intended for you to follow me into that place. This was something I tried to shoulder myself. You were all busy doing those things that I am lacking in, but... I... You just thought pulling up anchor and hauling ashore away from us meant we wouldn't follow you there. No, you thought we'd leave you alone and forget you were round. You know what part of the crew means, I? Or did you forget that too? Wusha, Gaspar, Hal, I'm so sorry. But my body, not here, I assume somewhere back in Zenith resting, is dying. I don't know if it's the magic keeping me alive or destroying me, but I needed answers. Or else you just have a corpse on your hands. Two, no. Mm. I didn't think I would be trapped. It was a risk I was willing to take. And it's completely fair that you hold that against me. But the thought of this hurting Pentecost, I couldn't have even imagined. There is a chance, as you found me, we may be able to find her, help her in some way, or... Speak to the Fae, find a way to bring her back to us, reborn, or even a new version again, anything. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Another pen puppet to push around like you did the last one? Because you didn't love that version of her, but I did! The face looking back at you is stoic, but hiding agony. The Pentecost who entered the Axis with you, that was my dream of her. My vision of her. That is how I saw her. New or old, she was sacred to me. And whether or not you forgive me, I will not rest again until I find a way to set this right. No matter which dark corner I must tread to. And it's true. That was a different version of Pen. That is how you wanted to see her. It just tells us that Perhaps you have misunderstood her the whole time. The only dream I had for Pen was for her to not be shackled to the nature she cannot escape from. But we are shackled. We're stuck in another prison. A prison you made for us. So go. Tread dark corners. But us, we are trapped here. Hal notices the blinking red light on the bracelet. His brow furrows with concern. He says, Gispar's right, we are tripped, but we need to find a way out of here. He holds up his bracer. The purple gem housed in the gold of your bracer glows purple 
and pulses red. There is a message. I play the message. As you run your hand across the gem, a voice chimes in. It's rain. Fala Crown, we are very sorry, but you have gone through a contraction. Shit. You are lost to us. You are broadcasting, that much we know, but we cannot find you. It is imperative that you continue questing. I know this sounds absurd, but when you complete whatever task these floors have for you, it gives us a signal, tells us what's going on. We might be able to find you, and we might be able to get you out, but it is essential that you keep moving. You are not meant to be there this long, and we don't know what will happen to you if you remain. The message ends. Well, Galvos. Fuck. Fuck. Fuckity. Fuck. Fuck. (laughs) You best back up what you've been saying and prove you're true to us. Chart us a course right the hell out of here. Listen, it took a lot of courage to try to jump in and save me. But your lack of comprehension of the dangers of that sea, that is a consequence you should have anticipated. I will do everything I can to get us out of here. But saving me from a dream prison and thinking there would be no risk, just like any quest you enter, is foolish. And I apologize that I put you in that position. But this was a problem I intended to solve alone. As Yavo speaks, you all notice a subtle fading. At first, you assume it is the light being cast on the walls. But then you realize that the walls themselves seem to almost be growing transparent in subtle, slow pulses. And you're not certain, but the room seems almost smaller. Hey, Alvis, you like your books and your writing so much, you could have left us a note. (laughs) Any instruction. I can't imagine how difficult it must be to be in a prison someone else put you in. We're not going to be in this prison for very long if we don't start moving. Exus 101, if there's a contraction, we're lost. If we can find a dungeon, we might be able to create an exit. That's what Rain said. I know we're completely naked. I'm barely hanging on. But if we stop moving, if we stop questing, if we don't find an exit, we will be lost to all time and our souls go with us. We have to find a way out of this room, and we're going to have to work together if we want any chance of ever finding Pin or getting Iovos back into his body. We can't punch him while he's a ghost. (laughs) I don't think. I try. I'm not naked, but I'm right there with you. Did you say you wanted to try punching him? Yes. You kind of like try to jab at him, and while you do feel some resistance, almost like pushing your fist through light water or alcohol, It just feels like you're going right through him, and now your hand feels cold and clammy. When Hal tries to punch me, I simply put my spectral hand on his shoulder, and he regains 32 hit points. Oh, shit. Okay, all right. You're right, Hal. We have to pull ourselves together. I'll face any grievances with you outside. And trust me, you do not know how sorry I am that we're here. But right now, it's on all of us to solve this problem. Yavos, while you have your own stats... Even now at your ninth level, you have the physical properties of a ghost or spirit, including ethereal sight and corporeal movement, withering touch, and etherealness. Does anyone else need some help before we move on? This, he says, looking through his own hand, this is a strange manifestation. Can I make any kind of check to see how quickly this room is deteriorating? I would say it would have to be a arcana. I can try it. Minus one. I rolled a natural 20. 19. 19 total. You would guess that it's less of a linear progress of existence to non-existence, but rather that things are fading slowly and may pop back into existence even after they've reached zero. But whether that's a sustainable state is unknown. You would say it is moving quickly enough, though, that if you don't start making moves to get out, you might end up trapped. You want to know my favorite thing about that explanation? Mm. I still don't understand how quickly the room is fading, which I feel like is perfectly in character for Hal. Yes. If we're going to do any healing, we should do it quick and then try and find a way out of here. If we can find some sort of less intangible space to heal in, I think that would be better. Very well. Perhaps I can use the nature of this soul form to find us a way through. 
by all means, give it a shot. I'm going to try to not see through, but tune in to the space around us and feel the reality of it. As you shift your vision to an ethereal state rather than a semi-corporeal, you start to see the nature of the things around you, their true nature. The auras, as mentioned before, begin to manifest themselves in all of their swirling glory. But more importantly, you see that the walls are, in fact, deteriorating, almost like blue light dripping off of them. However, there is one particular section of wall, the very center of which is much more dense and seems to have an almost archway shape. Hmm. I'm going to trace the outline with my finger and say, this seems like a passage and try to press it with my hand. Okay, excellent. I'd like you to roll me a, let's say an all Arcana. (laughs) (laughs) Please roll lower than Hal just did. To do this, I'm going to call out to my companion, Opus, who I left behind, to try to bring them to my side. I like that. Um, You actually do successfully reach out into the abstract notion of Opus, and he does manifest where he is supposed to, at your physical form. Somewhere far away in another plane, another universe, functionally, a book falls in Opus's face. (laughs) Just in the apartment, just a splat. (laughs) Oh, boy. This little dust cloud... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, at least he's safe. <laughs> the eye is looking at Iavos expectantly, like, Aww, yeah. What do you need? him with his little bookmark, <laughs> waiting for him to wake up. Precious. That's okay, though. Right now, I think I have a plus 15 to work on it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Too bad you won't get that advantage. Right. Opus waited for you. 28. At first, there's a thought process to what you're trying to do. But you quickly realize that this is not a conscious thing. This is something innate. You reach for the door and a knob manifests. Mm. And when you close your hand around it, it makes itself solid. So there is still a dream nature to this place. I can use this. And the door flies open as I realize my manipulation of this realm. Very well then, friends. I imagine it's hard to trust me, but that is our only option now. Gesturing for the open door. I almost, we don't have to be friends right now. We just have to be a team. Punch him up on scrap. And we're live. Yeah. yeah! All right, all right. We're not out of the woods yet. Wisniewski, can you get a lock on him? On it. Uh, Traeger, Wiz couldn't get a lock if he wanted to. Why's that? You're not gonna like this. Spit it out. Well, I figured out what happened to the system. It was a contraction. That's why we lost the feed. Power surge must have fried the aether circuits. It's a wonder we didn't fall out of the sky. Oh, that's bullshit. Excuse me? Oh, pardon me. I said that's bullshit. First of all, the system didn't alert us to any oncoming contractions. And not even the Axis can squeeze that kind of juice without a windup. Second, if it was a contraction, it would have taken out a hell of a lot more than comms. We'd all be loose astral debris floating in the void. And third, and most importantly, if they got caught in a contraction, how the hell do we have a signal? Forgive me, I forgot that your education ended when you got your mule card. Those of us who actually care about our jobs like to keep up on current theory. Boys, put a lid on it. Sorry, Captain. Yeah, sorry. But my point still stands. Without a gate, without coordinates, there's no way we can get a signal lock. There is a gate. No, there isn't. Yes, there is. It's just not material anymore. What? That... Oh, holy shit, it's Isadora. (laughs) <laughs> You're going to have to explain that one to me. How does that dusty old two keep a 15 gigashrike tunnel in? He doesn't. The universe does. He's astral projecting. So when the gate closed, it closed all but the astral vector. Basically, he kept his foot in the door. Gimbal, I, I-, I need a comms patch. Sorry, Cap. No can do. Without coordinates, I wouldn't know where to send it, and no broadcast is going to get through the skin of the axis. It ain't for them. Patch me over to their manager and bring us into dock. We'll need repairs if we're going to do this. Do what? Find a needle in a haystack. (laughs) 
we're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a disease, or you're heavy with sin, or your uncle got possessed by a demon again. If you've broken your arm, or you've cut off your toe, just call the clerics. Clerics on the go. Clerics on the go. The Divinity Delivery. Call today. Hail you cuties. Welcome one and all to the greatest mid-roll on earth. Well, I mean, it's not bad. It's okay. Last week, I mentioned using the promo code CALIBRATE to get a discount on LUQ merch. And due to some pricing issues with the spring page, it took a few days to sort it out. The long and short of it is, we already charge the bare minimum for our merch, and don't really turn a profit on it. But the rates we use don't cost us anything, and they allow the fans to have access to cool stuff they can wear and support the show. At least visually. Because of this pricing, the code I made just wasn't working. But it's resolved now, so if you tried to use it before and it didn't work, I apologize for the mix-up. If you'd rather support the show directly, the Patreon is the best place to do it. And get a load of great D&D content while you're at it. At the highest tiers, you can make a character to join the show's meta or become a member of a legendary mid-roll team. Our newest legendary mid-roll member is Lazarus. Thank you so much for joining the squad. Your support means everything to us. You'll be filling in the fourth slot for the Titans Rise. Our current teams are the Titans Rise, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Maisie, Mike Gordon, Big Boy Roy, and Caitlin Oliver. To get a personal message read on the show or for advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Don't forget to follow us at twitch.tv forward slash slapdash streams for Monday night premieres hosted by Dana and whatever streaming we have time for in the week. I recently got the setup to be able to stream my Switch, so I'll be streaming a lot of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet post-game grinding, because I love it. Our temporary mailing address while we wait for a new P.O. box to sort itself out magically is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon 97214. If you have anything you'd like to send the cast, like so many amazing fans before you. We love sharing them on social media. It's awesome to be back in an Axis dungeon, and I can't wait to see how it plays out. Wait, well, what do you mean we already recorded it, and I should know how it plays out? Shh! I promise it's awesome. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the Battle Axis. You're a cool kid. You want to be a hero. But Mom and Dad say, No swords till you're older. Lame. Well, don't silence your bloodlust just yet. Introducing Gashy Stabbins, the child safety sword. Gashy Stabbins comes with a bubblegum scented whetstone to keep it sharp and ready, and a scabbard you can customize with your Gashy Stabbins sticker sheet. When you bury Gashy Stabbins into an enemy, it says one of 10 signature catchphrases. Wow, you're so good at killing. Yum, yum, I love blood. Death is forever. I'm looking sharp today. Free me from my prison. You're my best friend. It can slice, it can stab, it can kill. What makes it a child safety sword? The label. We won't tell if you won't. And introducing his best friend, Stabitha Lacerata. Bury me in your oppressors and dance while I play a killing song. Ah! It's Gashy Stabbins, your first ever sword and last ever moment of purity. From the makers of Barbsy. It's Barbsy.
You find yourselves in an enclosed rectangular room of limestone brick and tile. The roughly hewn walls and ceiling exhibit evidence that they once bore plaster, intricate bas-reliefs, and other beautiful things, now cracked and broken. Their pieces long forgotten and turned to dust upon the floor. Silvered glass shards, long, sharp as daggers, seem to sprout from between the stones, overtaking the space like weeds, densest on one side of the room and around its edges and corners. There are two doors, one on the side dense with glass shards, and the other directly across from it. Wuxia, sort of hanging his head like a dejected child, walks over toward the one cluttered with glass shards, says, That ain't an omen I don't know what is. Thoughts, team? We set out to find a dungeon. This looks as though it may be something like that, but from one small room into another, seems like a step forward and then a step back. Head down, press on, and push the door open, or pull if that's the case. The following rooms continue on in a similar vein, the shards of silvered glass becoming more dense as well as longer, deadlier. There's no question now that this place was once a castle, and these shards grow outwards from its heart. You're forced to move slowly to avoid slicing open your feet and ankles. The floors here are difficult terrain, and lodged between some of the shards you see old splintered bones. Humanoid. It continues like this until the next door opens into a winding hallway without any discernible doors or windows, just a narrow tunnel filled with spiraling formations of razor-sharp glass. You will have to press onwards in single file. Uh, Gaspar, is this real silver or is it just silvery? Can I reach down to one of these shards of glass and see if I can break it? If it will be brittle and shatter or if it'll bend like silver? Yeah, and while you're at it, go ahead and give me an investigation. That is a seven for investigation. All right. These glass shards seem to be chrome silver in their center. They're not brittle. And did you say you touched it? That is correct. And as your fingertips run along its edges, even the ones that don't seem to you like they should cut you, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Damn it, it's mind glass. (laughs) Whoa. I'm not smart enough. Brain silver. It's an 18 minus one. You slice a long line in your glove, but... Thankfully, it does not pierce your flesh. Hal, this is not regular silver. It's a pity. Uh, Collecting a bunch of that could be valuable, but it seems, looking at your glove, pretty dangerous to pick up. And dangerous to clear out. The way it's growing, it seems almost organic. Perhaps there's some magic that could be investigated. Being in this conveniently incorporeal form. I'm not as worried about cutting myself, but I'm still not going to try to touch any of the silver. But I do want to give it a good magic once-over and see if I can ascertain any alchemical or arcane properties. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and make that roll. And do you augment this with any of your spooky ghost abilities? Trying to get used to my new incorporeal form, I'm going to also utilize my natural ethereal sight. Because... Who knows? That's how we got here. Maybe there's more exits we don't know about. It lets you see ghosts if you squint. Mm. I got a 22. As you use your ethereal sight, the rest of the scenery fades away. It's not important. It's material. But the glass, the silver, it remains. At first, the shard's orientation seems chaotic, but as you take it in you realize that they all seem to point outwards, towards you. It lends a strange kind of movement to the scene. As your eyes gaze further out and take in the structure in its entirety, seeing only the shards, you see how they crawl outwards through the halls and rooms, creating tentacle-like structures, all leading out from the center. 
a mirrored structure whose contents you cannot see. You also realize with your very wonderful role that despite your ethereal nature, they will cut you. Yes, I see. It would seem these are indeed pure magic in nature. So much so that I fear they would in fact damage this form of mine. But they seem to radiate outward from a center source, all pointing away. Perhaps we could use that as a guide should we need to find the heart of this thing. Seems best you should be in front, then. If that is what is best, of course. Aye. You can see what we cannot, so that's good. I will decide where our feet go. Wusha, just follow my step. You got it. I'll bring up the rear. Um, Gaspar, Woosh, how are you doing damage-wise? I can handle myself. If things are going to be dangerous, we should use precaution. You all seem quite weary from the trials you went through getting to where we are, but I have just awoken as though I have been resting a long time. Let me help you. Hal uses his healing hands ability on himself and regains 9 HP. Wusha opens his mouth like he's going to say something with his eyebrows knit in protest, or at least what's left of them. His expression is then going to sink into one that's a little more neutral, and he's going to hold his hand out to Ayavos. I will use the same spell that I used on Hal to heal Wusha a bit. Uh, 24 hit points back. Sweet! Receiving your healing would be the professional thing to do. Yes, of course. It's a shame that I do not have a healer's kit on me. There's so much I can do with the flesh. Uh, 19 hit points back to you. Yeah. Would you even be able to move your healer's kit with those hands? Probably not. Maybe manipulated with magic, but then I would lose my manual dexterity. But there's no value in hypothesizing. Let us move on. As you press onwards into this hallway, this tunnel, it's disorienting. The glass shards glitter around you in the low light that leaks into here. And suddenly, sounds of scraping erupt around you. The shards continue growing, twisting, tightening, until everything plunges into a blackness so deep that your eyes can't adjust. On either side of your party, you hear more scraping. Clattering, breaking, with a groan, something moves towards you in the dark. Something smelling of dust and rot. Roll for initiative. The message is sent. Do you think it will work? If it doesn't, we'll just have to keep trying until it does. Help me out here. So, because you noticed some random signal noise when quote-unquote quests are quote-unquote completed, you're going to put Lambda's head to the grindstone, hunting for one of these blips that just happens to tie in with the moment that they killed the big boss. That's about the size of it. That's stupid, and you're stupid for thinking it. Sounds good to me. No, because see, there is no boss signal. Killing a creature doesn't output squat. There's too much signal noise coming off the axis. Even if it did exist, you couldn't fish it out of the static. It is the song of the infinite. Aw, oh, gee, thanks, Phil. I'll put that in my journal. You're wasting resources on a dead team. They signed a contract. They knew the risks. Keeping the collar occupied means no one can quest. That means no scries except these goobas until you find your magic signal. The commission is not going to sit by while you preempt every broadcast with hero rank filler. Yes, he will. Oh, yeah. Because you're the team manager. I'm sure you got a direct line of the old thought. I'm his daughter. Can't say I see the resemblance. Adopted, daughter. In any case, Fowler Crown's his. I'm sure he's fine bending the rules for his own team. No shit. Huh. I gotta keep up with the hero themes. I'm gonna get us as close to the middle as I can. Whatever the hell that is in infinity. The second we see that signal, we lock it down. You cool with that, Wisniewski? Look, I'm just trying to be the voice of reason, Okay. If there's a devil at play here, I'm going to go ahead and advocate for the son of a bitch in the off chance that he finds me with my pants down. Duly noted. All right, team. Let's get our heroes back home.
Hell yeah. There's something so deeply satisfying about ending an episode on Roll for Initiative. It's just so like, it's it's where you want to be. That's what you want to happen. No, it's perfect. Ramping up that tension. We're crawling up that ramp. Yeah. Crawling up that ramp. God damn it. (laughs) Spiky glass ramp. We're rolling initiative. (laughs) I I wanna be mad, but I can't. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in the same boat. It was it was very hard being uh, quiet in the first half, but I was thinking I don't want to reveal that I'm here quite yet. Yeah, Kate, Kate Ambush. But that there was really go. good, all of you. Kate Ambush! <laughs> uh, that's really good. <sighs> Fucking hell. Oh, this, was, this was an emotionally charged Emotional episode. Emotional damage. It's, Seriously. <laughs> it was wonderful. I, I, I've, you know, I've always wanted to be there for my own funeral, and I got to have that today. <laughs> so good. And no. the, the chaos that my maybe death rot. Yeah. Honestly, like I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. I think once you guys are out of the axis, and then like there's even more shit coming down the pipeline. It's just, it's going to be a doozy. Oh, I'm fucking ready. I'm fucking ready. I tell you what, doos, doos. when I get back and everyone thinks that I maybe died, I'm going to see if Ovidian cried about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm level nine. I have zone of truth now. I can make him tell me. <gasps> Perfect. Pretty sure you get a saving throw. Yeah, yeah. he also doesn't have to answer. Yeah, he just he just say no thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a commonly misunderstood thing about Zone of Truth. They can just not answer. I think I think the best thing about Zone of Truth is convincing people that they can't lie and therefore they have to say things because right. you, know, you mm-hmm. can just they can just do it because they think they have to. That's yep. how that's how most people tend to play it, and it's like not really how it works. But that's this it's is funny. This is a tangent. It, it's it's a, especially if they're like low intelligence or something, and they think like, oh, I can't tell the truth, like. Then I'm instinctively just going to blurt something out. There's also the leverage that you make them convince uh, you convince them that you're also in the zone of truth and you're telling the truth, mm. going like you can't, you have to answer. Right. One of my favorite <laughs> like, bluffs. Oh, we can't lie. One of my favorite bluffs is the oh yeah, I failed my saving throw. Mm-hmm. Wink in the zone of truth. <laughs> also having a lot of weird languages. Be like, fine, I respond in draconic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> spicy. Highlights. 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 Highlight. Highlight. Most dangerous game. <laughs> Most dangerous game is man. I mean, obviously, it's all, it's all you know that that amazing first half. But there were some zingers. There, there mm. really were. I can't believe that uh, fucking Gaspar is both a physical assassin and a fucking verbal assassin. Yeah, oh. way it's to cut, do it. Cutting, cutting deep. Yeah, getting right to the nepit of it. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was a real <laughs> stretch. Yeah, Angela, you got any highlights? Look, I kn- I know the highlights that people are going to hit, so I'll just find one that, you know, probably won't get picked, but I knew exactly what I was doing when I touched that glass and I got the DM. Did you touch that? <laughs> like, you touched it, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a nice little classic moment. <laughs> it's Glad very- to have it. But you made a good saving throw. That's so. true. I did not expect it. I'm not good at now, wisdom. Now it's someone else's problem, not your problem. Correct. I can't wait to be that problem. <laughs> Uh, I feel like just generally speaking, anytime there's something that can go terribly wrong, it should be Max's character. Regardless, of, I mean, correct. Getting getting bit, getting bit, and going yeah. going nasty. Oh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure Wusha has a really high wisdom. No, everybody, well. everybody thinks tanks. You know, all they have to do is take damage in combat. Wrong. You make them touch things and find out how it's going to hurt you. Exploratory damage. Exactly. I'm pretty sure you to lick it. No one. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> no one in the Fallow Crown. You're the ancient rat fed like mushrooms by a crazy woods witch just oh to my see gosh. if it'll kill you. <laughs> I can't wait to wedge my face between the shards and really lick glass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dana's designed this dungeon well because I don't think anyone in the Fallow Crown other than Iavos has a good initiative. Like... <laughs> This feels targeted. <laughs> Speaking of Iavos, my highlight, my favorite moment was the calm emotions move. That was, Ooh, it was have, so fucking good. I've been waiting to use that spell for something because I thought I'd have to use it on Hal, but nope. <laughs> that was on my list of highlights. I was, it, was it had excellent. to be done. It had the same energy as counterspell. It really yeah. did. It really fucking did. And I felt like being, you know, a fully brand new manifested ghost boy, I'd have kind of like a calm serenity to me. So being like... Silence. Be not afraid. <laughs> you know, you don't really address the idea that, like, ghosts don't have an endocrine system. They're not sitting there pumping out chemicals. They don't got a bunch of hormones. I'm not going to get worked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm getting hot. I mean, don't. They have an ectopole. 
Everyone, I have watched a, a substantial number of supernatural documentaries, and ghosts do get horny. <laughs> Not if they don't have hormones. No, no, if you die horny, you stay horny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a ghost sheet with like a big... <laughs> Pretty sure there's an entire episode of what we do in the shadows about that. Died horny. <laughs> yeah. Hell, or sorry, Michael, specific uh, highlights there? Um... I don't. I don't know if I have specific highlight. Actually, was it getting to exit the closet during the break? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was getting to exit. My family has literally been sick for three months, so I'm once again in the COVID closet for this episode. Mm-hmm. It was surprisingly quick to set up this time. I think I might just leave it like that. Yeah, good move. Yeah, it's just that I want to be able to use it, you know, as a closet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Storage is good. Yeah. I don't know. There were there were a lot of really good lines. From people who could see each other and react emotionally to the scene, <laughs> it was fun to listen to. I, I got the audience perspective from in here. There you go. Yeah, you got to listen to the earliest version of the episode. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's some Patreon content right there. <laughs> yeah. We'll throw you in the closet while we record. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what tears? That? What a, <laughs> That's so good. That's very good. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to double up here. On Angelo, because like the lines were so good. Max, you made me chef's kiss. Angelo, you made my fucking jaw drop. Like at one yeah. point there, like just so cutting and fast on some of those lines. How dare you? For mine, I think I'd like to throw it to Law for playing Iavos, responding to that criticism without getting like super defensive or anything. Just, just taking it, mm. addressing it. The in character and being pretty unfazed. Uh, that's it's it's hard to do in role play inhabiting a character who's getting roasted, roasted, <laughs> yeah, and Completely. and not taking it a little personally. Sometimes it, it's yeah. it's very tough. I'm I'm glad I got to sneak in a sea metaphor and a prison metaphor for both mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. boys at the table. Mm-hmm, um, but so like. Good. Yeah, and it's very true. It's like, wow, it's super cool and brave of you guys to come try to save me. But you guys are idiots, and you went into the magic verse without any preparation. Of course it's going to suck ass. <laughs> well, the top minds of the LUQ decided <laughs> it, it was possible. How You know? like I'm excited for it to come up more. I want to be like, this wasn't just trying to save. Like, otherwise, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have broadcasted. This was self-serving in a way. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moments. Across the board here is, one, the fact that we finally got to get back to the axis. Yep. We got to get back to these characters and show people what's going on. But more specifically, I I have been building up to this for a while. And to me, it's really, really important that if you guys don't think of something, you can't necessarily rely on the, the axis brass to know to think of it. So the fact that you guys didn't make the connection, and I was very clear, I was repeatedly like... It is an astral plane. You were going to be entering an astral phase. I kept reminding you, and nobody thought about it. And I'm like, thank God nobody thought about it. This is so perfect. Like, this is so, like, exactly what I needed to happen. Because the thing is, Astrum is not well-researched. Law has, like, or uh, Yavos has one of the only books in, like, detail written about it. So it's like, it was so perfect to be able to have you guys just walk right into this situation. Well, and it makes sense because they as characters don't know anything yeah. about this. It'd be like, okay, yeah. it's another dimension, whatever. Yeah. yeah, if 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 anybody was going to warn us, like, this is dangerous and you should think about it, it would have been Iavos who wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things I really like about creating my own cosmology is that I can keep you guys in the dark about it because if this were fucking Eberron or some shit, y'all would be able to just grab a book and learn about it. According to page 27, that's not how it works. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've often said, like, a lot of more experienced players looking for pro DMs specifically ask for homebrew settings because Mm -hmm. they want to be surprised. Yeah. It also levels the the playing field between experienced and inexperienced players uh, at at one table. Absolutely. But really, truly, the highlight is the fact that you guys managed to take this setup and just fucking knock it out of the park. This was like a... uh, Perfect, perfect execution on what I wanted to see happen. The, the first half of this really felt like a writer's workshop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really throw in my favorite part. I, I think my favorite moment was the realization that I don't think I've played Iavos, like, from his character sheet as a normal character since Dan's dungeon. Wow. Fuck. Oh, heck. I played a dream version of myself that battled you guys. I ran a game. I played Trip. And now I'm playing Ghost, Ghost Avos. Iav Ghost. <laughs> Ghost. I woo 
All right, but also it's an injustice to (laughs) let one moment slide under the radar, and that is Max's delivery of... um, I can't even remember the full line. Yeah, yeah. Chef's kiss. Um, Also, Angela pouring some more love on you. Thank you for touching the fucking glass. Yeah. Yeah. All my love. All my love. You can always count on Angela to push the button. I, one thing I absolutely love about or you trick guys. Max into it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I touch the button. He's my ten foot pole. <laughs> I'll say, and your um, sweet hands. One thing I do absolutely love about you guys is that knowing that this is a podcast, you just do the thing that is good. You do the thing that's going to be good. There's no like, I'm going to try and dodge it. I'm going to try and one up the DM. It's just play the game, have the fun, do the thing I want you to do. Because trust me, it'll pay off. Uh, but on that note, uh, I really want to thank uh, Sam Hediger, the editor, for editing this bad boy. Oh, wait. No, we got to go around the table. This is the first episode of the chapter. Oh, shit. And it's all a whole deal. Uh, let's start with... I'm Angelo Kaluag. I play Gaspar Lefnot, the headless rogue of the Phantom subclass. <laughs> My name is Max Hobbs. I play Wusha Brinechild, the sad, drippy big boy. And I am Dana. All my characters are maybe dead, and I am this... Chapters Dungeon Girl. Yay, Dungeon Girl. All my OCs are dead. (laughs) My name's Michael Loving. I play Halifon Orison Jr. The level nine now, we leveled up after that last chapter, BT dub. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Paladin Barbarian. And my name's Law. I play Ayav Ghost Isadora. Got him! And uh, I'm the creative director of Sapdash. I'm Zach Barkus, un, an ungeon boy. Not, not, <laughs> ungeon, not ungeon, ungeon, ungeon boy. Ungeon boy. Ungeon boy. Ungeon he boy. just sits there putting Vaseline on himself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. Right. I think we said assistant to the, the dungeon girl. Yes, assistant to the dungeon girl. That makes him best boy, right? I'm going to be taking a, taking a backseat on this bad boy, and I'm really excited to see how it goes. Uh, but you'll be hearing me periodically throughout the uh, the experience. I want to thank Sam Hediger, the Hediger, for editing this episode. Bringy Golden will be taking a much-needed break on maps because Dana's got her own shit going on, so that's going to be good. But, uh, yeah, this is very exciting for me. I'm really glad to just be back on regular content again. You guys are going to be seeing some changes to the show down the pipeline, probably in about a chapter or two, related to our personal issues. I don't want to get too deep into it right now, but rest assured the show will be go on and be exactly as exciting as ever with only some minor adjustments. Um, but uh, until next time, we wish you luck. Hey.